Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. Numbers chapter 7, verse number 89. Amen. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. One verse, Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. I really wanted to launch another series of sermons today. Had sermons laid out, but I, this is what the Lord would have us to hear on today. Very important. I believe every sermon is important. Uh, I really want you to hear what the Spirit of God will have to say to you today. From Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. Whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord... He heard a voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim above the ark's cover, the place of atonement that rests on the ark of the covenant. The Lord spoke to him from there. One more time, number 789. Whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord, he heard a voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim above the ark's cover, the place of atonement that rests on the ark of the covenant. The Lord spoke to him from there. I want to talk this morning from the thought, let the Lord speak to you too. Let the Lord speak to you too. Amen. Amen. As Moses and the children of Israel move forward toward their freedom, as they're experiencing their exodus from slavery out of Egypt, headed towards the promised land of Canaan, God gave Moses instructions to build the tabernacle. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, God told Moses, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary, watch this y'all, so I can live among them. This tabernacle basically was a huge tent, a huge tent. I don't know how many of you have ever been camping. I don't know if any of you have ever been camping, ever slept in a tent. Uh, I have two brothers who love to camp and one of my brothers, he, he sleeps, he and his wife, they sleep in a tent and they hook it up to the back of their SUV. They have AC and whatever pumping into the tent. They, I mean, they got a whole system with, with this tent, right? And uh, uh, I, I, I've, I've had some experiences in a tent. One or two of y'all in the military may have slept in tents. I know y'all, y'all bougie Air Force people, y'all slept in dorms when y'all went and had training. Uh, us raggedy Marines, we slept in tents. We, we slept in tents on the ground when we had to do some additional training. Um, so I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that kind of tent, but, but it is a huge tent, basically. The tabernacle of the Lord was a huge, specially designed, with, with, with detailed specifics as to exactly how God wanted this tent. And this tent had just been built, and so uh, uh, Moses had led the people of God in a dedication of this tent. God didn't want just any old body building this tent. He he had particular anointed, skillful persons to build this tent. God dictated the length, the width, the breadth, 
the materials, the rooms, the furnishings, as well as the purpose of the tabernacle. And one of the items God dictated to be placed in the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was basically a huge chest, a wooden chest uh, laid out and covered in gold. It housed, the Ark of the Covenant housed the Ten Commandments, a pot of manna, and Aaron's rod that budded. The Ark had the Word of God in the Ten Commandments. It had the supernatural provision of God in the manna. And the supernatural power of God in making Aaron's rod sprout buds. Just imagine if you had a stick in your hand and that stick was sprouting flowers. That's what we have in Aaron's rod. There were two cherubim or two angels on the lid of the ark. And according to our text today, God spoke to Moses in that tabernacle from between the two cherubim. God and Moses, y'all, talked to one another there at the tabernacle. Moses spoke with the Lord, and the Lord spoke with him. I want to share a few things about this, about this tabernacle. Number one, this tabernacle and the whole, the whole issue of, of God speaking to Moses, this tabernacle was a dedicated place. It was a dedicated place. The Lord spoke with Moses at a dedicated place. Our text today, number 7 and 48, is the conclusion of the tabernacle being built and dedicated. There are offerings uh, given by representatives of the 12 tribes of Israel, over the previous 12 days or so. Each tribe was represented by an elder who came forth with an offering toward the dedication of the tabernacle. It was a dedicated place. It was dedicated to the Lord. It had been anointed and sanctified unto the Lord for his specific use and purpose. Uh, it was dedicated to the Lord so he'd have a place to dwell amongst his people. And the seventh chapter of Numbers opens up telling us again that no, no, Moses anointed and sanctified it, set it apart as holy. This was not a tent for camping. It was not a tent for leisurely activity. Again, y'all, it was dedicated, anointed, uh, set apart as holy unto the Lord. The tabernacle, secondly, y'all, secondly, the tabernacle was for God to dwell amongst a delivered people. A delivered people. God was in the process of delivering his chosen people Israel from their Egyptian oppressors. They've been delivered from slavery and they're now enjoying newfound freedom. Luck didn't get them delivered out of slavery. God delivered them from slavery. God himself liberated his people away from the oppression of their Egyptian captors. They were a delivered people and they too are set apart as God's own holy sanctified people. And if you have been saved from sin, it is because the Lord delivered you from the powerful, oppressive, destructive power of sin. You didn't join church. You didn't just get baptized. God delivered you from sin. We are then a delivered people. And then the other thing I want to share with you is that God expected Moses, the leader of his chosen people, to have a devotion to prayer. A devotion to prayer. In this dedicated place for these delivered people, God expected Moses and the people of God, but especially Moses, to have a devotion to prayer. Every worshiper is expected to have a devotion to prayer. I'm not just talking about casual prayer. I'm not just talking about praying when you go to bed at night or saying your grace over your meals, but to have a devotion to prayer, a prayer life, to do as Paul encouraged us in the Word of God, to pray without ceasing, to pray throughout the day. And it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out, 
altar call type prayer all day, every day. Sometimes when you're just driving down the street and you ask God, Lord, keep me safe today. That's a prayer. Before you go to work, you ask God, Lord, don't let me go off on Karen or Kanisha today. That's a prayer. When you ask God, Lord, help me to deal with the stresses and situations in my life. Y'all, that's a prayer. So being dedicated to prayer, devoted to prayer. We, we want to pray without ceasing and pray all types of prayers, all kinds for all kinds of people, even including your enemies. Have a devotion to prayer. Spend time with God speaking to him and allow the Lord to speak to you, too. So our text is two things I want to share today that our text just really lays out for us. One, I want to encourage you to talk to God. Speak to God. Our text lets us know that Moses went into the tabernacle, watch this, to speak with God. He spoke to God habitually. When troubles came, Moses spoke to God. When their food or water ran out, Moses spoke to God. When the people revolted against his leadership, Moses spoke to God. When he was frustrated, or some, like some of y'all say frustrated, Moses spoke to God. And we need to speak to God habitually as well. We need, again, y'all, to pray without ceasing. We need to pray to God knowing he will hear us and answer us. Pray habitually. Pray regularly. In the morning, at noon, in the midnight hour, when you're working, when you're in between jobs, when, when you're booed up or when you're in between boos, pray. Speak to God. Pray, and even if you've never done this before, pray using the acronym ACTS as a model of prayer. A-C-T-S. Wonderful model for prayer. Acts. A-C-T-S. A. Pray with adoration. Express your adoration unto God. Tell him how much you love him and how much he means to you. Pray with adoration unto God. When you pray, pray with confession. C is for confession. Confess your faults, your sins unto God. Confession also means to agree with God. Agree with the word of God in prayer. Agree with what God has already said in prayer. A. Adore God. Uh, include adoration in your prayer. C. Include confession in your prayer. T. Thanksgiving. Include thanksgiving in your prayers. Thank God for what he's already done. Thank God for what he's doing in your life right now. And thank God for what you expect him to do. Thank God in advance as if what you're expecting God to do is already done. And then S stands for supplication. Supplication. Ask God for what you want. Express your specific requests unto God. That's all supplication means. To make your requests specific and express them unto God. Including your prayer, adoration. Including your prayer, confession. Including your prayer, thanksgiving. Include in your prayer, supplication. And pray. Pray unto God. Speak to God. Pray with an open heart. Pray with everything you have. And rest assured, God will hear you. But what I really want to spend more time on today, y'all, is the second thing, and that is let God speak to you. Let God speak to you. Look at this verse again. Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. Whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim above the ark's cover, the place of atonement that rests on the ark of the covenant. The Lord spoke to him from there. God spoke to him too. Moses heard God. That word heard in the Hebrew, it means it means to hearken. Uh, it can be interpreted to mean understand. In other words, M Moses understood God. That word heard God, it could also be translated uh, discerned. Moses discerned God. 
It could, it could mean he perceived. It, he, he perceived God, perceived even, watch this, by the ear. That Moses may have heard by the ear audibly the voice of God. That word, that word heard in that verse is the, is the Hebrew word shama. It means, again, to hear, to listen, but it hears with attention, with interest. How many of y'all, be honest, how many of you ever listened to somebody, but you really weren't interested in what they had to say? Come on, talk to me. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you're not doing that now, but I'm just saying. But anyway, you've had some conversations with people where you're listening to them, but you really weren't all that interested. And what they had to say. This word, this word that's used for, for Moses heard the voice of God. It means he heard with an interest in what God had to say. He heard with attention and he heard the voice. He heard God speak. He heard the promises of God. He heard the declarations of God. He heard the word voice. Uh, it, uh, it, it means he heard the commands of God, the warnings of God, the threat, the threats of God. It, it can also be translated. It, it can also be translated. He heard the singing of God. Yeah, that word can be translated in so many different words, so many different ways. But Moses heard with his ear in a way where he may have had to perceive, discern, understand with interest, with attention to God. The voice of God, the commands of God, the warnings of God, the promises of God, and even the threats of God. As we talk about this, there's a couple of things I want to share. First of all, God still speaks to his people. God still speaks to his people. Some would dispute whether God speaks audibly to his people. And my response to that is anyone who would argue that God does not speak so you can hear his, aud his voice audibly, they have never heard personally the, uh, the, the voice of God audibly. I have heard the voice of God speak to me where I could hear him audibly. There is still... Uh, the, the audible voice of God. And then some would argue that if God is still speaking that way, then the scriptures are incomplete because the scriptures are a written record of things that have happened as well as God speaking uh, in a way where he's making revelation. And there are some that say that John the Revelator who wrote the book of Revelation was the last apostle and there are none left. And that no one hears the audible voice of God because the scriptures are closed with no apostolic voice since John uh, revelation was added to the book. But again, I agree that the book is closed. We don't need to add to the scriptures, but you can hear the voice of God and God can speak to you without you adding to the scriptures. You can hear the audible voice of God. Then there are times you may have to discern or sense or perceive or come to understand what the Lord is saying to you. You may have to solicit the help of other saints to help you discern what the Lord is saying. But God can speak to you. He can speak to you through dreams, sermons, sacred songs, situations that happen in your life, or a number of ways. But make no mistake about it, God is still speaking to his people. And we are told in the Hebrews that the Lord has spoken to us in sundry or various ways to include now speaking to us through his son Jesus. That when we have Jesus, we have the voice of God. When we have Jesus, we have God speaking to his people. And the Father has made himself known to mankind through his Son as he walked the earth, taught wonderful truths about God's kingdom, and through his death, burial, and resurrection, God still speaks to his people. Second thing I want you to understand is, in this text today, God spoke to a leader. God spoke to a leader. God spoke to a leader. He, he spoke to Moses. Moses was a leader. He was on a major level of responsibility. 
a major level of prominence, prestige, and notoriety. When we, when we read of God speaking to Moses, we're reading of God speaking to a leader, a leader. So the question becomes, will God speak to anyone other than the big-time leaders who are upfront and well-known? Will God speak to anyone other than people who have leadership responsibilities and prestige and notoriety? And my answer to you is yes. Right. Oh, yes. Yes. God will speak to anybody who's willing to listen. God will speak to you. God will speak to you. And you don't need to be up front to hear God's voice. You don't need a title or a collar or reserved parking space to hear God speak to you. The effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail much because God will hear you and God will speak to you. You may not be a leader of hundreds. You may not be a leader of thousands. But listen, y'all, you got to lead you. Every one of us, you got to lead you. Somebody ought to say to, my, say to yourself, I got to lead me. You have to lead you. You may have to lead you and your family. You may have to lead you and your son, your daughter. But you definitely have to lead you. And to ensure you're going in a direction of blessing, let the Lord speak to you. To ensure, to ensure you're in agreement with God, allow God to speak to you. If, if you want to please the Lord with your life, let the Lord speak to you. If you want to keep your past in the past and move forward in your deliverance, if you are determined to walk into your destiny, let the Lord speak to you. God wants to speak to you. Let me share a few things, y'all, about, about this text. When we read about God speaking with his voice from between the cherubim that teaches us that God spoke watch this from a place of mercy God spoke from a place of mercy again verse 89 whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord he heard the voice speaking to him from between the cherubim above the arts cover the place of atonement it's a place of mercy a place where God would show mercy the place of atonement the place where sins can be forgiven, the place of atonement, the place of sacrifice for sins, the place of a new beginning, the place of a new start, the place of another chance, the place of the forgiveness of God. God speaks from a place of mercy to cherubim, to the cherubim are angels, angels sitting on the sides of the mercy seat on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, and God told Moses he would speak to him from that space, a place of mercy. Here's what I'm saying, y'all. Here's what I'm saying. When God speaks to us, it comes from a place of mercy, a place of mercy, a place in the heart of God, the disposition of God, where God desires to show us mercy. God wants to show us mercy, where God's tone is a tone of mercy, a tone of, of you can have another chance, you can have another beginning, a tone where God may not punish you as severe as you deserve to be punished. God speaks to us from a place of mercy. God is rich in mercy. The Apostle Paul told the Ephesian saints that God is rich in mercy, and because he's rich in mercy and, and with his unfailing love, he saves us by his mercy from our sins. Here it is right here for you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. God is rich in mercy. God speaks from a place of mercy. How many of y'all ever spoke from a place of anger? How many of you ever spoke from a place of, of frustrated frustration in a place where you just can't take it anymore a place where you ain't putting up with it anymore how many of you ever spoke from that place where you have had enough yeah so god god speaks 
from a place of mercy. God gives commands from a place of mercy. God even threatens and gives us warnings from a, a place in his heart of mercy. And so if you are not saved, if you are not saved, if you're streaming and you're not saved, if you are if with us in the field of dreams today and you are not saved, God, God is so merciful that God will save you. If you are not saved from your sins, our merciful heavenly father says to you, he will take the blood of his son, Jesus, and wash your sins away. He, he is so rich in mercy, he will forgive you of your sins and make you brand new because God is merciful. God has always demonstrated mercy and he still does. He speaks to us with mercy in his voice. This means he's always ready to spare us. He's always ready to show us compassion and pity. He's always ready to give us another chance. He speaks to us as a tender, merciful father. All I'm trying to say, y'all, is so that you get it. God is, God is merciful. He speaks from a place of mercy. We ought not be afraid to hear and heed what he says because God speaks from a place of mercy but at the same time when we read of God speaking from between the two cherubim we also understand that God speaks from a place of faithfulness God speaks from a place of faithfulness whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord he heard the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim above the the ark's cover God spoke from a place of faithfulness because, watch this y'all, because God had already promised Moses that he would speak to him from between the two cherubim. In Exodus chapter 25 verse 22, God told Moses, I will meet you there, I will meet with you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hover over the Ark of the Covenant. From there I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. So when we read again in Numbers that God spoke to Moses from between the cherubim, we see God fulfilling a promise that he had made to Moses. Our God is a faithful God. And when we hear the voice of God, it comes not only from a, a, a tender, merciful heart, but from a faithful heart. Our God is a faithful God. He will do just what he says he will do. When God speaks and makes promises, he is faithful and he will make promises that will come to pass. Nothing can stop God from being faithful to his word. Your age cannot stop him. Your youthfulness cannot stop him. Your having a couple of sunrises and sunsets behind you cannot stop him. Listen, nothing can stop God from being faithful to his word. He will do what he said he will do. Whether you are as old as Methuselah or as young as a baby, a newborn baby in a, in a carriage. God is faithful. He told Moses, he speak to him from the cherubim, and he did it. So let me ask y'all this. How many of you have already heard God speak to you, but you're waiting on the manifestation of what he said? Let me remind you, let me remind you that God is a faithful God. And when he told you whatever he told you, he, he spoke that word from a place of faithfulness with every intention of bringing that word to pass. I don't know how long you've been waiting on that word to manifest, but be reminded that God is a faithful God. I don't know what all you've gone through while you're waiting on that word to manifest, but God is a faithful God. I don't know if you, like so many of us and so many people in the scriptures, heard God, stepped out in faith, seemed to get knocked five steps back, 
seem to uh, endure all kinds of hell breaking loose, let me remind you that despite the storms you face, despite the setbacks you endure, despite the times you feel like you've been knocked down, despite the times you questioned if you heard God correctly, let me remind you and every devil in hell that God is a faithful God. And when he spoke to you, he spoke to you from a place of faithfulness. And let me say this. I just got a text from the Holy Ghost. Listen, before you went through that storm, God already saw it. Before you lost that job, God already saw it. Before you got sick, God already saw it. Before you began to question if you heard him and heard him correctly, God already saw everything that's making you question if you heard God correctly. God already saw it and God is already on top of it. Our God is a faithful God. He will do just what he said he will do. So here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Here's a question. Two things. What, what, what do we need God or why do we need God to speak to us? Why, why do we need God to speak to us? Two things real quick. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Ain't nothing deep about it. Really ain't nothing deep. Why, why, Pastor Clark, do I need to hear this word today? Why do I need God to speak to me? Because two things, you need to trust him. You need to obey him. These could be considered two legs upon which real worship stands. Trusting God and obeying God. God will speak to Moses to help him trust and obey the Lord. When the people following him would revolt against him, Moses, we need to hear God and trust God and obey God. When their food or water would be depleted and the people would blame Moses for bringing them out into the wilderness to die, Moses would need to hear from God and trust God and obey his voice. When the people would do nothing but complain all day, every day, Moses would need to hear God, trust God, and obey God. And to be honest with you, that's what the Lord is looking for in all of our lives. For us to hear him, trust him, and obey him. Now, God is communing with Moses to speak to him, to give him commands, promises, warnings. But that would do, listen y'all, but that would do no good if Moses would not trust and obey. God will commune with Moses to give him promises, but those promises would do no good if Moses would not trust and obey the Lord will give Moses direction as he led Israel into Canaan. But God's direction does you no good if you're not going to trust and obey. And let me tell you this. Don't respond to God like so many of us are responding to the president. So many folk are speculating whether or not there's really... Uh, whether, whether or not the president is really been, has been, really been diagnosed with, with COVID-19. You've, you've heard the talk. You may have had the talk. You've seen the post on social media. People think that it's fake news. They wonder if it's really true, that he's really sick. After you've lied or got caught lying so many times, don't be surprised when folk don't believe you or they question if you're telling the truth. But how do you respond to somebody who's been caught telling the truth over and over and over? How do you respond to somebody who's been caught being faithful over and over and over? How many? How do you respond to someone who cannot lie? Don't give God the side eye when he gives you a promise. 
Don't give God the side eye when he speaks to your heart because God is merciful. God is faithful. Trust him and obey him. Believe God is up to something and that, that something is good. Believe that God is taking you somewhere. He's, he's going to do something awesome. Trust him and obey him. Seek him to hear him. Seek him for direction, help, comfort. Seeking him does no good if you're not going to trust him and obey him. Trust and obey whatever God says while you're learning virtually or in the classroom. Trust and obey whatever God says about your marriage. Trust and obey whatever God says as you look for another job. Trust and obey whatever God says as you make tough decisions for you and your family. You cannot go wrong when you trust and obey the Lord. The old hymn says, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But here, here here's the question for today. Here's the question of all questions. How do we know it's him? How do we know when the Lord is speaking to us? How do you distinguish between his voice and the other voices we hear? Now, I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody of being schizophrenic unless your doctor already told you you are. But if the truth is told, all of us hear numerous voices. Your imagination, your own ideas, your own desires, your fears, these are voices that speak to you, try to persuade the direction you take. Your fears, things you're afraid to do, things you're afraid to try, pl places you're afraid to go, moves you're afraid to make, people you're afraid to disappoint. Your bias is a voice. Your past is a voice. Logic is a voice. Reason is a voice. We all have these voices. The enemy has a voice. How do I know when it's God speaking to me and not my own imagination? How do I know it's God speaking to me and not, and not my own ideas? I'm, I'm blown away how so many of us, before we got saved, we had ideas, we had imaginations, and now some folk are so saved that whatever pops up in their mind is God. How did you have an ideas and imagination before you came to Christ and now anything pop up in your sanctified mind is from God? Everything that comes up in your mind is not from God. God's voice, as I've told you already, as I told you already, God's voice is sometimes heard audibly. Sometimes it has to be discerned. Sometimes we can hear God through sermons. Sometimes we can hear God speak through conversations. You can just be having a conversation with someone and they can think that they're just talking to you but it's actually God taking over in a moment in that conversation, saying something that, that, that comes directly from him in that moment. Anybody besides me ever experienced that? You're just having a conversation, but somebody says something and it hits your heart in a particular way. It's God. Sometimes God's voice is discerned when he, when he impressed something upon your heart. You sense God saying something. Sometimes it's, it, God's voice is expressed through circumstances where you have three or four great opportunities laid out before you and you don't know which one is the God opportunity. All of them are good opportunities and you're trying to discern which one is the God opportunity and then God snatches all of them away from you but he leaves one. And that's when you discern. This must be the one. The, the, the decision, that, the opportunity that God wants me to seize. Then God's voice is sometimes heard expressed as a rhema word through scripture where you're reading the word of God and it just comes alive. 
God's spirit moves in a way to make it more than just scripture you're reading. God speaks to you to let you know that 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 word in the scripture is your word for that situation that you're dealing with. The text gives the impression that Moses would not walk away from God's presence without hearing God's voice. He wouldn't walk away from God too soon. He wouldn't walk away without hearing what the Lord had to say to him. That's a good thing. We cannot afford to walk away from God too soon. The direction you need is on the way. Don't walk away from God too soon. The word you need is on the way. Don't walk away from God too soon. Stay in his presence for a while because the Lord wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. So let the Lord speak to you too. I'm getting ready to close, but let me, let me bring this out. The text says, whenever Moses went into the tabernacle, the Lord spoke to him too. Every time Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with God, he heard God's voice. Is there a way for us to get God to speak to us whenever we want? Is there a way that we can get God to, to give us direction, to give us understanding whenever we meet him in a dedicated place in devotion to prayer? My response to that is yes. Yes, we can get God to speak to us whenever we meet him in his word. <laughs> in his word. You may not get a rhema word every time you crack open the bible but every time you open the word of god god that's god's word that's god speaking to you are y'all with me today yes we can get god to speak to us every time every time we we open his book he speaks to us the text says whenever moses went into the tabernacle to speak with god god spoke to him i wish i could stand before y'all today and tell y'all that as your pastor, every time I go in my prayer closet, God speaks to me. I can't tell y'all that. I wish I could tell y'all whenever I pray and fast on y'all behalf and seek the Lord, that God speaks to me. I wish I could tell y'all that, but today I can't. I know some of y'all can. I know some of you got dressed this morning and you sought the Lord as to which sock to put on first. And God spoke to you and told you, thou shalt put on the left sock first. I know some of y'all were about to grab one pair of drawers, but God spoke to you and told you, thou shalt not put it on those drawers, but thou shalt grab it another pair of drawers. I know some of y'all have conversations with God where as soon as you talk to him, he responds to you. I wish I was on your level. Pray for me. Maybe one day I'll get there. I can't tell you that every time I seek the Lord for direction, he immediately responds and speaks to me. But I can say this. Whenever I needed hope, God spoke to me. And whenever you need hope, God will speak to you. Whenever you're on the verge of giving up and feel like you just, you, you can't go another further, God has a way of speaking to you. I, I, I'm here to tell you that whenever, whenever I needed security, God spoke to me. And whenever you need security, whenever you just need to know everything's going to be all right, God will speak to you. And listen, the times we're living in right now, everybody needs security. 
Everybody, listen, everybody needs security. It's, it seems to me that everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid if Trump gets reelected. Everybody's afraid if, if Biden gets elected. Listen, the truth is, to me, it doesn't matter who gets elected. I need the Lord <laughs> to move in this country. I need the Lord to move in my life. I need the Lord to put food on my table. I Look, I need the Lord to keep me covered with some health insurance. Hunk, if you hear me. We need the Lord. We need security. If you need security, if you need security, speak to God and trust God to speak to you. I wish I could tell y'all as I'm getting ready to, as I'm getting ready to get out of here, I, I wish I could tell y'all every time I walk into my prayer closet, I don't walk out without hearing God. I can't tell you that, but I can tell you this. Whenever I needed strength, God spoke to me. Whenever I felt weak, whenever, whenever I needed strength, I could talk to God and God would talk to me. You know one thing I keep hearing God say, and sometimes God may not speak to you with a fresh rhema word. Sometimes the Holy Ghost can simply remind you of what you've already been taught from the word of God. And I pray that what I'm about to say to you right now will be, will be your receiving a voice from heaven when all of us have to understand God says to all of us, whether you're young or old, whether you're male or female, God says to all of us today, this rhema word, I am with you. I am with you. I receive that as a word for any season, any situation. It doesn't matter what grade you're in. It doesn't matter what station of life you're in. We need to know God is with us. Anybody receive that today? God says, I am with you. I am with you. When you talk to God, maybe that's, maybe that's what you need to talk about. God, I know you're with me. Lord, I know you never leave me nor forsake me. I'm struggling, but I know you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, I don't know how this thing is going to turn out, but you promised that you'd be with me. Lord, I don't, know what's, I don't know what's going to happen in the days to come, but I know you're with me. When we know that God is with us, we can have hope. We can have security. We can have strength. And he utters those words from a place of mercy. He utters those words with, with extreme compassion and tenderness. He uttered those words. He utters those words with faithfulness. He promised he'd never leave us. God has never left you. God has not forgotten about you. God is not turning a blind eye from you. God, God has not forsaken you. God is just as merciful, just as, just as faithful. God is with you. God is with you. So let him speak to you. Let him speak to you. How about we stop giving God one-sided prayers? When we jump in, we give our prayer, and we jump out. We jump in, we say what we got to say, and we dip. How about we stay long enough to let God speak to us? When you're going through what you're going through, and you're making requests known to God, and you're crying and pouring your heart out to God, that's fine. That's well. That's, 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 that's in order. Do that, but stay there long enough with your heart open with your ears open to let God speak to you too. And I trust that he will. I trust that he will. I trust God to speak to you. 
He may give you a fresh word, specific word that you need specifically for your, for your situation so you'll know what decision to make. Or it may be the Spirit of God reminding you of what God already said to you, about you, for you. But always remember, God is always saying, I'm with you. I am with you. I am with you. That is what God would say to you today. I am with you. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.